Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. I am your first co-host, Sarah Musak. I am your second co-acolyte, Michael Short. <laughs> and I am your third co-host slash acolyte, Sonia Naw. Sonia, welcome to the podcast. It is Sonia's first podcast with us, and we are so glad to have her with us. Sonia, you, you, I met you through like nerd and comedy circles. We got to spend a lot of time together at this year's New York Comic Con or last year's New York Comic Con, the most recent right. one. And uh, yeah, so tell us a, a little bit about your history with X Men: The Animated Series. Well, first and foremost, I am a, a fan of the X-Men. Uh, I've read the comics uh, way back when. And uh, yeah, I think like everybody else, I watched the series on Saturday mornings. Uh, in New York, it was on Channel 5. Um, and yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed I didn't, I didn't get it because it was on network TV or I don't know if it was considered network. I don't know back mm-hmm. then. But uh, it I... Was. Uh, Nowadays, you can stream it. Nowadays, you don't get to miss an episode, but if you missed Saturday and you missed an episode, oh well, you'd have to wait for reruns. But thankfully, kids nowadays <laughs> don't know uh, what those 90s kids had to go through. So, yeah. Let's not make this some sort of generational gap thing. Let's not, let's <laughs> no, not go you know there. What, Michael, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, first question before I just one last question before we jump in, uh, just because I know that sometimes the so this this storyline Sanctuary Part One and Part Two is somewhat based on the Fatal Attractions storyline in the comics, which we've all read. And I my understanding is that this storyline was for me, it wasn't polarizing. I loved it. But did you guys feel thumbs up or thumbs down about Fatal Attractions when you read it? I I actually did not read it when it was originally published. Oh, I'm surprised, Michael, with those sweet hologram covers. (laughs) That's, that's probably why Uh, (laughs) I, I, I was over all of those gimmicks quick. So like, if I saw something with that, I was like, meh, I'm not going to get it. So like, and and there were a lot of X-Men covers that had gimmicks. Like I think age of apocalypse had like a, a, you know, foil embossed cover for I Alpha half, and Omega. What? Yeah, I think half of the the what is it? The Phalanx. The Phalanx uh, Covenant had that like hologram strip. Yeah. Yep. So like, if I saw any of that, because I'd already gotten like some amazing Spider-Man comics that had like holograms on the cover, like some anniversary issue, and I was like, okay, these are fine. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and and then like. I don't know. They just didn't. I got over it quick. I was just not so enticed by them anymore. I think. Uh, I kind of went the other, same side of the coin. I bought those issues, but I never opened them to read. Them. <laughs> 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 I left them in uh, my uh, little mylar plastic thing. They're in my mom's garage somewhere. Uh, a whole bunch of old comic books. So yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I did not read them when they came out. As soon as I saw those pretty colors, uh, I just threw them in a thing and threw them to the side and said, one day, one day I'll be a millionaire. I feel like such failures of nerds on the nerd podcast. Oh, what do you think about this story? Oh, we didn't read it. Sorry. (laughs) 
Sorry, question. we skipped it for no good reason. <laughs> question withdrawn. <laughs> let's let's get into the episode, shall we? Sure. Uh, we all saw that, right? We all watched it. We did. We did. Okay. We, oh no, I watched it. Yeah. Great. Great, great. So we get no previously on X-Men, which makes sense. The last couple of episodes have been standalone. They haven't been setting up anything big the way they did in season two with the Savage Land or season three with uh, Dark Phoenix and Phoenix Sagas. So we start with a view from a space station. Uh, We see uh, a satellite. We see a mechanical arm reach out and grab what appears to be a missile that it's carrying. I think yeah. I think I read that correctly. Um, and we find uh, this Russian astronaut who's speaking in heavily accented English goes out to disarm it. And he says, yes, yes, I know. Do not take so long, Americans. Disarming <laughs> warheads is not digging potatoes. And I wasn't sure if the digging potatoes was a dig at Eastern Europe or a dig at Eastern Europeans like perception of America. But either way. Disarming warheads, not as easy. I've never dug up a potato or disarmed a missile, so um, kind of useless at, you know, I guess, opining on this situation that this And I've also never. really diplomatic of you. Yes, I've never also. Ms. Nam, no comment. (laughs) No comment. What I love in this part, though, is like right after that, then. You know, Asteroid M appears. And I swear, like, did Asteroid M sneak up on them? Like, it's just like, yes, there. It did. <laughs> they, had cooking. they had cooking capabilities. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Speaking, speaking, speaking of cloaking <laughs> devices, have you guys been watching Picard season three? Sorry, once again, I'm a failure of <laughs> <Okay>. a nerd. <laughs> Everybody, get out there. Watch Picard season three. It's really Star Trek The Next Generation season? season. Yeah, yeah. Is it the final one? Okay. So good. I've had well, a lot of feelings about it. Okay, sorry. I keep... Yeah, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, anyway, okay. back to this episode. I keep trying to like branch out and be like, let's sidebar on these nerd topics. And you guys are like, no, we're not, that's not what we're, that's not what we're <laughs> here for. Uh, great. So yeah, uh, Asteroid M appears. We see those familiar concentric yellow energy circles. And we do get some actual Russian. The astronaut yells, boy, jamoy. And uh, his tether to the space station snaps and he dissolves visually into the energy. So, oh man, here here comes Magneto. That's that's that scene. Anything anything you guys want to say about it? That's it. I just I just love just how out of nowhere Asteroid M is. Like like you know the Russian was really just really focused in on the work. Everyone was just kind of you know a little tunnel vision there had blinders on. He was in the zone. Didn't, yeah, didn't notice didn't notice the Gigunda asteroid just with like buildings baked into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one saw it. Nope, nobody saw it coming. Uh, meanwhile, down on Earth at the United Nations, some other people who didn't see it coming. Uh, the U.S. representative at the U.N. Uh, could not be more cartoonishly American. If Well, I mean, he could be, right? He could be Yosemite Sam, but he's pretty cartoonishly American for... Yeah, I know. Pow, pow, pow. Uh, <laughs> Great horny toads, these mutants. <laughs> Or some some foghorn leghorn, some I said, I said, I said. Uh, yeah, um, I remember 
remember you know we all do improv i remember some sort of like improv clue and like the whole team did i said i said because the solution was foghorn leghorn and it was like is that necessary <laughs> no but we all wanted we all wanted to do it anyway i think i think for this though foghorn leghorn was originally a caricature of a senator Way back in the Actually, day. Actually, that's true. And isn't he like named after a senator? Isn't Fogler something like that? Yeah, like, like an was... approximation of a person. Like Leonard Skinnerd was sort of the name of their high school principal. Yeah, yeah, like totally, like thinly veiled. Like if you if you knew the guy back then, you totally knew that this was like ragging on him. So like Foghorn Leghorn would fit in, I think, at this at this UN, this cartoon UN that we've jumped in on. The utter rabble yeah, yeah. of them just completely <laughs> arguing over each other. I love it. So art, art imitates life, imitates art. It, yeah. <laughs> Great. Time is a flat Great. circle. So what we learned... <laughs> everything's yeah everything's fine um so we 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 get some exposition here we learned that five armed satellites disappeared and a shuttle the russians claim to know nothing about it and then i like how sarcastic the russian delegate gets um and says what about our missing aerospace scientists i suppose you think we took them also <laughs> like we just like stole our own people and are telling you to be honest um, you guys do have a then, you know you do kind of disappear your own people so yeah maybe <laughs> in the 90s I yeah, like, like maybe you did maybe did they still i mean the cold war was in the 80s right did it, yeah i think it bled into the 90s right we still didn't like yeah, it and it officially that. ended in like 91 92 at the fall of oh, the berlin okay. wall so this was probably at the time when like everybody was like stealing stuff out of there you know and the old apparatus was still in place but like boris yeltsin was out there like dancing while politically <laughs> yes. campaigning right uh anyway so uh we find out that the stolen scientists were all mutants and then the u.s gets like real bald about it it says perhaps you sold them into genosian slavery and then the genosian representative and they refer to themselves as the republic of free genosia even though we know they're not uh mm -hmm. and they uh object strenuously to the word slavery that mutant powers are a resource to be managed like any other and as we've observed in previous podcasts man they really give us kids a lot to think about <laughs> yeah yes and and it's one of those things too it's like, trust I'm us like, with a lot of politics a lot of politics i'm like you, you know what sure uh uh if the mutants who could control and generate electricity could like solve the world's energy problem that'd be nice and they could do that but we can't force them to that is slavery <laughs> genosha you can't do that <laughs> You know, so yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, you know who else says you can't do it? Magneto, who enters Magneto. through the roof <laughs> of the UN General <laughs> Assembly. And you know, it's interesting because, like, I feel like with like the Statue of Liberty, I don't think of it so much. But because I recently passed the UN building on Fourteenth or is it at Fourteenth Street on First? I think it's in no, 40s. no, yeah, it's yeah, Forty Second yeah. Street. Yeah. yeah, it's all the way on the east side. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is all the way on the east side. Anyway, I passed it recently. I'm disappointed, Sarah, because there's an Animaniac song all about the UN. Is you there? and me? Oh, yes. you and me, Butchers, Butchers, Golly G. Yeah, I yeah. remember yes. that. <laughs> New so, York at Forty Second Street, yeah. da -da -da -da, down by the East Riverside. So I'm like, I'm so disappointed 
Because I know you're an hey, Animaniacs fan. I'm a giant Animaniacs fan, but I also read Fatal Attraction, man. So, like, <laughs> that's right. Anyway, all right, this podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, we're, done. we're done here. Uh, yeah, uh, but anyway, the the reason I bring it up is just having seen the building and it being a very specific building. It's like, oh, that's like happening right now. Like, it's just like it's it's not far away from me that Magneto's doing this. Sort of like how the Met Gala was on Monday, not too far from my house. But it's also thinking about that, thinking about where the, that auditorium is in the UN building. Like Magneto had to smash through a couple of floors or something to then mm-hmm. smash in through the ceiling of Correct. that room. Yeah, that's that's right. You think just like the people on like, a couple floors up be like just doing their work and they're like, oh, my. what is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I think that's exactly what's going on. Um, Yeah, I think that the poor fire, whoever the poor fire wardens were on those floors had a real (laughs) heck of a time. Could I bring back uh, the topic about foghorn leghorn? I just uh, wanted to give it an educational note that a leghorn is actually a breed of chicken. And maybe the foghorn part is the senator that everybody was referencing before? Are we gonna? Michael's gonna look it up. Are you gonna now? I gotta Google. Yeah, this. I think so. <laughs> I think that's the offer of this episode. I mean, we're only on the second scene, but like, let's get in. <laughs> let's get into this. Senator Claghorn mm. was learned... the real name. Great. I learned that from an Uncle John's bathroom reader at one point as a child, okay. but it's it was not so, at the forefront of my mind. Anyway, people people can get in the comments and just completely correct me on all of my information, of course, because this is all half remembered from something I read a long time ago in a in in, in an aforementioned Uncle John's bathroom reader. So <laughs> yep. you know. Yep. Great. Mystery solved. So comes Magneto. He says the mutant race will no longer be managed, Mr. Delegate. And uh, the Genosian uh, representative tries to run, but he blocks the doors and then wraps him up in a battle beam, which I mean, considering he didn't like squeeze the life out of him, it's like, yeah, all right. Uh, And uh, he announces that you have been chosen to witness the announcement of a momentous event in the history of our planet. The liberation of mutant kind has begun. (laughs) As you can see, I'm who I'm rooting for. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) And and that was the perfect time to do it, too, because that was the pause for dramatic effect in commercials. I think if only Magneto knew that Sonia was out there to cheer him on. He might not have been so angry, but instead he was staring down some really peeved off, cartoonishly American and Russian UN delegates. Anyway, after the commercial, we come right back. Uh, We are still in that exact scene. We get a little more information. Uh, Too long have we suffered under the oppression of humankind. And Magneto says he's witnessed it. And and he said, oh, yeah. Okay. In X-Men, the animated series, villains always have footage from earlier in the series. So he has footage from season one when the X-Men were (laughs) in Genosha. And then footage from um, uh, the subsequent season with the Friends of Humanity. Hiss. He shows Angel. He shows Sad Death Lady when they're on Muir Island, the Morlocks. Um, and he says, that I love the this X-Men footage ha- from places where there were no cameras in in this reality of the original scene. There were no cameras, but he's got it. He somehow he's got it. He's got it. Well, I mean, 
they came up earlier too, right? Because we have that scene at the very end of season one when Cyclops proposes to Jean Grey and Sinister is watching and they're like in the middle of a field. Like they're just <laughs> like out in nature, but he's watching. He's got it. I don't he's know. He's got it. I don't, yeah, I couldn't. Could na- nano, nanobots? Probably. Sure. Sure. Or maybe he's... that hasn't been introduced yet or and never will be introduced that can hold that power. Yeah. Uh, you know. I feel projecting, like they use, projecting uh, memories. I don't know. Yeah, like they use they use the media liberally because I also think of the episode with Rogue and Ms. Marvel and how Ms. Marvel, when she's like haunting Rogue, she keeps showing up in like news footage, just like staring at the camera. And like the idea that like the news correspondents like didn't notice or didn't think it was weird that the same woman is always there, just like her eyes boring through the camera trying to reach someone. Weird stuff. Anyway. On that note, uh, Magneto says that the X-Men's efforts have been repaid with brutality and hatred. And um, yeah, it also then, like, how did Magneto get access to, like, the UN's broadcasting system? Because this was also in the days of, like, VHS. But I guess I guess he just can, right? He just uh, can? Uh, magnetism. Uh, <laughs> you know. Magnetism is the answer. Okay, fair enough. So we get the big announcement. The missing mutants and I have built a mutants-only asteroid where any mutant may live apart from humanity free from its cruelty. The first exodus will begin in 24 hours near Genosha. Uh, yeah. So let me just ask you, you all. If you were a mutant, would you would you go? Yes. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to hear from each of you. Michael, you said no. Why? Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, I would wait for extreme beta testing before I just jumped on a spaceship to go live on an asteroid. I would want to see that, like, mm. be successful Proof for a year. You yeah. know, yeah, I want to make sure that this works, that I'd be safe up there, because it's like I'm not about to just jump ship from an atmosphere I can breathe <laughs> mm. Mm. to okay. to another one. So, like, you know, I, I, I liken it to this: it's like. Jurassic Park, if that existed, I would go, but not on opening day, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's when problems happen. Mm-hmm. I would wait and make sure, like, okay, five years from now, I'm going to go to Jurassic Park. I'm going to plan ahead. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Sonia, yeah, uh, rebuttal? <clears throat> uh, more, yeah, I, I could rebut, but also, you know what? It depends on the mutant power that is up there already. I have full confidence that my mutant brethren uh, have powers that will prevent me from suffocating in space. Um, And also, I don't know what my mutant powers are yet. Uh, I'll have to think about it. But yeah, I would want to be around people. Huh? Say that again. Get back to us. Get back to us. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Once uh, (laughs) once I hit puberty, I'll let you know (laughs) what mutant power is. Um, so yeah, uh, I would I would probably want to hang out with people who are you know like minded as me, and I don't I wouldn't want to live on a planet that doesn't want me around and it's always like saying disparaging things at me and hurting my feelings. <laughs> I guess I would want yeah. to be in a place where everybody likes me. That's why I would go. I suppose we'll see as this episode and this two-parter plays out, which one of us would have made the wiser choice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
see, I feel like I would be on the fence. Like, what were, like, my family relationships? Like, were my family, was it, like, Rogue's dad, where it's like, get out of here, dirty mutie, you're not my daughter. Like, if that's the case, like, I'm definitely going to the space station. Because, like, if I don't have, like, community, or, like, that poor, like, short mutant with the glasses and the hair who, like, just looked weird and doesn't have powers, like, he, yes. like, got beat up by the friends of human. He, like, keeps being in the wrong place at the wrong time, including in the That's the mutant power. I know. And so, like, if I was him, yeah, yeah. Good line, line me up, Noah. I'm ready for the arc. Okay. Anyway, so, no, we're not the only ones watching this. So are Apocalypse. Everyone. Uh, yeah, everyone. Apocalypse. I love that Sinister and his nasty boys are watching in his weird <laughs> plant throne room slash lab. And even Mishnari, uh, Storm's godson, and his mom and a friend, an unnamed friend, uh, are also are also watching. So we're meant to believe the world is watching. Magneto says the mission is peaceful. Any intervention would make it otherwise. Uh, yeah, I know. Michael's just like, what? I, I, how do you, how do you violently burst into a room, <laughs> wrap people up in metal bars, and be like, "I'm peaceful." It's like, no, you're not, Magneto. How dense can you be? It doesn't matter what you say. You are clearly not doing peace right now. Sometimes, no. though, in Magneto's defense, you gotta, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Let's hear. Magneto was right. <laughs> Let's go. I'm not saying he's right all the time, but I'm just saying that you know sometimes you just gotta, you know, be a little bit of a squeaky wheel and be like, listen, you know, hey, how many times has the X Men like try to do it their way and did it work out for them? No. I, I didn't like, say that I didn't say that you can't use violence. I said that you can't use violence and then say that you're being peaceful. Those two things don't go together. Um if you're trying to make a point, maybe you know, he didn't kill anybody. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I was gonna say, do you do you think that maybe this is Magneto being peaceful? Right? <laughs> like he's I like mean, Yeah. Yeah, like he's like, I did not turn any warheads on you. I did not crush the life out of anybody. This is property damage. Exactly. This is property damage in a a few years. They can write it off on their insurance. It's fine. (laughs) Who do you think insures the UN? That's kind of interesting. I'm sure they have their own insurance. There there was a comic book called, uh, uh, yeah, Marvel did have a comic book. Oh, what was it called? Think of the damage control. Yeah, damage. Yeah, control. damage That's control. Yeah. I, I love that, was good. that series. It's so good. Ah, awesome. Good to know. I have anyway. a couple of those comics too, and plastic bags somewhere. <laughs> your fortune, your fortune awaits you, Sonia. <laughs> anyway, Magneto flies away dramatically. The X Men are all watching together at the mansion, and it reminded me of like, remember when your house only had like one screen in it. like growing up we had like one television and then we had a black and white tv in the basement that like never got turned on but it was a big deal when my dad got my mom a tiny television for the kitchen like super small yeah but uh anyway it was the 90s and that's how we did and uh and of course professor x makes it about him Right? Professor X is like, oh, Magnus, we have been through so much. Can my failure be so complete? It's very vague for me when he said that. 
Oh yeah. That oh, I think he's like you've basically like I think the failure, right, refers to his failure to convince Magneto of a peaceful resolution that Magneto would make such a giant act. Um, but I feel like he wants peaceful. Oh, well. He argue. is, but it's a but. But Professor X is more about like uh, integration, right? And Magneto's like, cool. We're gonna not. In, we're gonna unintegrate. We're gonna go go to the my special my special asteroid <laughs> house and live there. Gonna go his own way. Yeah. Gonna go his own way. That's a great song, Fleetwood Mac. Okay, so then we see uh, a run on the airports, and we see some familiar faces. And I've been reading a book called um, Previously on X Men, written by the showrunner Eric Lee Walden. He was talking about how a couple members of the creative team were real diehard X Men comic book fans, and they used every opportunity they could to get characters they liked uh, cameos in the episodes. Uh-huh. And there's some real 90s cameos that I would especially like to point out random who. Yes. <laughs> How would you describe random, Michael? Uh, yeah, he I mean, uh, he is one of those if the 90s just took human form. Yeah, that's random. Uh, and and he, yeah, he's like a big beefy guy, like pale white skin, just wears like a sleeveless vest mm-hmm. right i think he's got like a maybe a bandana, bandana. And like shades yeah he's sort of like uh like if he were like a bald liquid lobo right yes. like he was so he's the sort of guy who would call people a bastitch yeah <laughs> yep oh, I and uh, and his power is that he can like shape his body into like well guns. i guess he's like a shapeshifter in general but like usually does it to shape into guns and, yeah. and weapons and things like that yeah, then I was thinking, you know who the 2000s of the X-Men are represented by is Maggot, like a similarly, yeah. sadly forgettable guy who's who's got weird guns. Oh, no, he doesn't have guns. His digestive system is outside his body and that's... Yes. It eats it eats things. All right. Yeah. So we've so we've got random at the airport. We've got the really thin, transparent Morlock lady. I forgot her name. I didn't look it up, but we all know who she is. She looks like like a uh like a prism and uh let's see and sunder some other morlocks and then that short guy i mentioned before the guy with the glasses who like doesn't have powers and just looks weird and like good for you man like get the heck out of there i understand and uh outside oh and then um i'm not sure if it's at this point but do you guys know the character peeper or peepers he yes. shows up in this. He's got these giant round eyes with like no lids and like like pointy ears. I, as soon as I saw him, I'm just like, I know that guy. That guy's like a real, he's a specific guy. So all the mutants there. are trying to get to Genosha so they can catch their ride to Asteroid M. Outside, there's just like a bunch of gross white dudes in berets. And like, they're all the same guy except for one. They're like, they're all a guy with a mustache except for one who has a, a tie. And a mustache, and they all are just yelling, yeah, "Good riddance, go home!" And it's they've all got the Friends of Humanity berets. Gross, boo, hiss. We hate them, precious. Okay, moving on. So then we get the sweet synth theme that introduces Gambit. He's going through a database of mutants. We see a guy with a down arrow on his forehead, and I knew he was somebody. I looked him up. He is the acolyte Milan. He has the power to interface with machines. We have Doc Samson, a green-haired, sometimes psychiatrist. I remember him. And then some other people I didn't recognize. There was a guy with real red eye whites and a stethoscope. There was a guy who was a scientist who looked much too happy and some sort of gray-haired mustache man any any thoughts or comments things i missed I, there 
No, I think that because uh, I'm looking at the, the the fandom wiki and and they have like all the yeah like little minor characters and they don't have those guys listed, so it could be anybody. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so uh, here at the mansion where Gambit's going through these, Beast is outfitting the Blackbird with some Shi'ar tech. Rogue just carries this enormous torpedo across the hangar bag, and that was like a great flex for her. I really enjoyed that. Sonia, I forgot to ask you, who are your favorite X-Men? I usually ask that at the beginning. Oh, oh there's so there's so many. Uh, top five? Top five. Mm, well, I know. Sorry, was that too much? I, yeah, because I wasn't even thinking. Um, well, if you asked me what my top five were in like the uh, early 2000s uh, and maybe the late... Uh, late 90s i would have said everybody that was in this cartoon fantastic good choices good choices sonia i think yeah i think this cartoon made a lot of these folks people's yeah people's but there's favorite. an obscure one that i from new mutants um but i think he merged with warlock i think his name was doug doug yeah doug Cypher? ramsey yeah doug ramsey uh and yeah he yeah. was he was i liked him a lot um i do like that they kind of merged him with Warlock, but I kind of yeah it became Douglock. Yeah. I think is what they call themselves. But they've themselves. been unmerged most recently. Yeah. They're oh, I haven't been again. catching. I haven't like I haven't been reading comics lately yeah. at all. Like I stopped like in twenty ten, maybe that's a long time ago. Uh, yeah, so I have to catch up. I have this yeah, since, like, get that app, get that Marvel, Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Sonia. Oh no, no, no! I was just saying I have this. Uh, uh, encyclopedia of Marvel characters that you know. Even though we have the internet and I can look it up online and on Google and stuff like that, I do like to feel things with my fingers uh, and look through books as well. So I'll catch Michael's up that making way. like an uncomfortable face. I agree Why? though. I'm a much more tactile person. I prefer a book myself. Uh, yeah, but right, Doug Ramsey is super cool because he didn't have his powers were languages. He could speak yep. any language. He could understand any language. But he yep. didn't have any of the kind of. He wasn't like a battle ready mutant um, <laughs> although he sort of became a whole new being when he um, fused with best friend warlock and they became Douglock. and actually it's cool so most recently he's the interpreter between the island of krakoa which speaks its own like earth language and the mutants who are living on it um and he most recently got married to this like huge like seven foot tall like warrior from mars mutant um named bay the blood moon <laughs> she, <laughs> she like towers over him by like two feet and she loves him well good for you Doug, I'm very happy. I know, right? <laughs> right? Anyway, back in this animated series, uh, Gambit is like, why'd they join up with Magneto? And Rogue puts it really succinctly, I reckon they got tired of getting beat up and treated like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I just raised my hand just in case, you know, for your you audit, auditory people. Yeah. So it was a visual. Yeah. <laughs> Sonia did raise her hand. I can corroborate that. And Gambit observes that it's really not such a bad idea. And even Beast chimes in and says, you know, we've been fighting more for our lives than mutant rights. Uh, and Rogue kind of freaks out a little bit and asks Gambit if he's thinking of moseying skyward. And, you know, he recommits to her, which, of course, as like a, as a tween, 
watching this, I'm just like, oh, they're so in love. Uh, he says he would follow her anywhere. It was very cute. It was cute. We're going to get more of that, and Wolverine isn't going to like it. <laughs> so then Professor X has a Zoom call with now President Robert Jefferson Kelly. And I, pr- Professor X says a line, or no, sorry, the, the president says a line that I never, I wrote, holy shit, this is a kid's show. Because he says, or, or actually, I, I think it was the professor. It doesn't matter. It was said in this scene, any action against Magneto could result in a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> And I was just sort of shocked that I'm like, I know we can't say like death or dying or kill, but we can say nuclear holocaust. No problem. Yeah. I mean, uh, right. Cause, cause that's only implied. You're only implying that everyone is dying. Right. You're not saying it straight out. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, showing my age but is nuclear holocaust a, a trigger word or something i don't i didn't it didn't really hit me as, as hard oh as, no i just think it's such a yeah. dramatic thing of like of like nuclear war right nuclear war will yeah will decimate humanity on the planet it was just like it's the word holocaust to me is always like such a like a like a like a bomb word you know of just like total annihilation and longtime listeners will know that we have made a habit of pointing out every time the X-Men have like danced around the word died or killed or anything like that. You know, it's like, where is Morph? He's I can't feel him. Right. It's like it's never yeah. like anything very specific. <laughs> so it's like, you know, everyone on Earth will die. Oh, whoa. OK. You just went right out and said that, I guess. That's, that's fine. <laughs> saying one person is dead, you can't do that. Mm, but saying no. everyone is dead, I guess, I guess then who can stop you from saying anything? <laughs> I also love that in this scene, Professor X is like, Magneto wouldn't lie to me. And just like <laughs> that faith he has in their special relationship. And somehow he is able to convince the president. I think there might have been some telepathy at work. He convinces the president to be like, let me go up there. To, like, make a peaceful solution. And, like, that just doesn't that, seem real. That's one of those scenes where it's just, like, it's, like, why should I let you go up to Asteroid M? Well, it says I have to in the script. It yep. says that <laughs> that is how the story happens. It says right there on page 15. So, President Kelly, you got to let me go. You're right. How, who am I to argue with the script? So, yep, that's says, just. <laughs> he says, all right, we'll play it your way for now. I won't call in the military. And then we get a uh, ticking clock. You've got 12 hours. Let let the tension begin. 12 hours? Is that enough time to convince Magneto? I mean, that's the time the president gave him. So there we are. Uh, Yeah, and he, so it's only going to be the professor and Beast at first. So they don't, they say, so they don't provoke him. But then Gambit asked to come with, uh, because he has to see someone. So that's exciting. And uh, Rogue's like, you coming back, Cajun? And he says, promise, share." And again, my, my tween heart was all a flutter because they belong together. <laughs> anyway, next scene, Africa. Drums, dramatic sunrise, giraffes. 
And Black movie. Panther, right? Yeah. <laughs> Black Panther. He was crouching on that little ledge there. Uh, I thought I was going to see more of him, but that's all I saw. I didn't. Nope. I, I'm ashamed to say I missed him in this episode. I only saw him at the end of the next episode, so I'm glad to uh, know that T'Challa yeah. has been watching this whole time. He knows what's going on. Yeah, so everybody's waiting for It's like a big bus stop. <laughs> and here comes Magneto with some, like, no joke heavy transports. Uh, and he says, come, my children, soon you will be free. And inside the transports, we get our first view of the Acolytes, uh, which is cool. And so for anybody who doesn't know, the Acolytes were, uh, yeah, they were Magneto's Acolytes. There you go. Uh, his followers, his like kind of inner circle of mutants during the 90s. Uh, and they factor, um, importantly, in the Fatal Attractions storyline. Which, yeah. like, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. I, I'm just going to keep talking about it. And, like, remember, guys? Remember? And actually, so we're missing, like, a huge portion of it. There was a big part of it that had to do with um, the legacy virus, which was a big uh, uh, narrative point in the 90s, which was a mutant targeting virus unleashed by cables clone strife and it struck at random and it killed Ilyana Rasputin little little snowflake from our previous episodes and Colossus absolutely loses his mind with grief and defects oh man so much happens anyway uh, Professor X. Uh, I'll take your word for it because yeah, none of us I read I this could just story. be making stuff up I'm not I do, remember, I do remember the legacy yeah okay, then, I'm sorry no, that's okay. I mean, they, and we don't even get to the, I mean, I don't think they would do this in the cartoon, right? But the end of Fatal Attractions is when um, Magneto rips out Wolverine's skeleton through his pores. So that's fun. <gasps> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. Okay. All right. It's coming back to me. It's all coming back to you now. Also yeah. a great song. Also a great song. Uh, yeah, so Professor X rolls up uh, and uh, Magneto tells him, Charles Xavier, I assume you have come to dissuade me. He tells him your separate mutant nation will solve nothing. The world distrusts your motives. Um, and then Magneto basically says, well, come on board anyway. And he, Professor X is like, okay. <laughs> So they do. They resolve nothing, and uh, the um, the transports take off. Magneto is using his magnetic powers to like carry them, and he is struggling. And we see him struggle. Yeah. Pay attention. See, kids, that's dads. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Mm. So he's like, "Oh, I'm going to trust whoever's mutant powers to get me there. If 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 someone loses concentration." Or goes weak for just a minute, it all falls apart. He just needed a vitamin B shot, okay? He was, <laughs> you know, he was a busy guy. You know, he so, just needed. So the, the difference between life and death for me is whether or not he remembered to take his Flintstones vitamins that day. Like, I'm not getting on that transport. Flintstone You're not getting me on delicious. it. It's his loss <laughs> if he's not taking those. He yeah. should have. I'm not it's saying. Like- I'm not. I'm not saying he shouldn't. He should, of course, but I'm not getting on there. Fine. You don't have to. You can stay on Earth and have everybody like... See you, Sonia. Have fun burning up through the atmosphere. (laughs) We don't know what my superpower is yet. My mutant power is yet. So, you know, I might not die through the atmosphere. (laughs) Fingers crossed. So, Sonia, if you were on this transport, you would be meeting mutants like uh, a guy I named Claw Guy and guy with red full face mask and the Italian flag on his chest. 
I know. Maybe I might fall in love. I mean, you never know. You might. Yeah, I mean, join join a cult, fall in love. That's how that works. Yeah. I mean, were you were you feeling any strong feelings for Claw Guy or Red Faced Italian Flag Guy? Uh, like, no. was there any strong? I would probably need to meet them on a date and see what they had on the inside. <laughs> that's a, that's see if smart. there were more than a red face or claws, you know. No, that is fair. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, and so like they face off with the military in Genosha. Uh, here come the acolytes, big time. They're led by Cortez, who uh, even he's up there with like Magneto and Apocalypse in terms of his pontificating. Right, destroy the human oppressors, and we get. To, I I didn't even remember this, but I thought it was so cool because I was like, oh my gosh, there's Frenzy, who I love, and then a mutant who I realized that until today I've never said her name. Which is, I'm probably going to say it ra- wrong, but in my mind, it's Unusion. Is that right? Uh, is that one of the apocalypse? Uh, one of the acoly- acolytes? Acolytes, yeah. She's the daughter of Unus the Untouchable. Yes. I'm gonna uh, say, I mean, I'll, unless uh, she, yes, she's I, Italian and it's Unusion. <laughs> uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm un- unsure. Your guess is as good as mine because I don't think that's like a real last name that exists in the world. So, no, and I don't think it's her last name. That's like her code name. Well, okay. Uh, I think I think it's her last name. Oh, is it? Okay, that's right? kind of weird. So, yeah. like, Unas the Untouchable is also is his name, like Una Unas Unasione. <laughs> I'm hoping I, that's. The I case. think it is. Oh, okay. Yes, oh, everything's so- great. Yeah, yes. To be quite honest, like when I was younger and I was reading the comics, I thought uh, Rogue's name was Rouge and I thought uh, Magneto's name was Magneto. So until like um, cartoons and the live movies came about, that's what I've been, that's what I was calling them when I was a little kid. So, you know. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I didn't know how to say the word annihilate until I heard it in Twister, uh, speaking of the 90s. And uh, I thought about it in my head. I knew what the word was. You were playing some board games really intensely, weren't you? Something. Well, Twister's movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh the movie. Red. Oh, I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> right, right hand red. Yeah. Right hand red. <laughs> annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I need to be more specific. Uh, Left and... foot green. Demolished. <laughs> Devastated. Yeah. And anyway, so here come some sentinels and uh, we hear something we haven't heard from season one, uh, which is surrender mutants. Uh, yeah. Uh, brings but... me back. Brings me back. I'm but... sure all the X-Men had a little nostalgia tear in their eye. Just like, oh, this, this old, this old, t- uh, old song. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Or PTSD, or both. Um, My favorite yeah. part uh, during the whole fight is the one guy who like slowly pulls up on a hover bike next to Fabian Cortez, <laughs> just like real slowly, <laughs> just like pulls right up next to him, and Fabian Cortez just like grabs him, throws him off, and I'm like, <laughs> like, were you not paying attention? Were you just sort of like out for a little, like, just tooling around on your hover bike? And oh, a battle! Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, it's the same way as Asteroid M. Like, oh, there's an asteroid there. Like, maybe that's what, maybe that's a theme. Like, you know, life sneaks up on you if you're not paying attention. Sure. 
Sure, Ferris Bueller. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but we get to see a few more acolytes. We see Delgado, who's the big guy with the beard. He's kind of the heavy. We see Chrome, who I actually thought might have been um, Ahab for a second. I know Ahab wasn't one of the acolytes, but the brown hair and the white streak, kind of same same look. Mm. And then uh, Byron Callie, um, who's the guy with the white hair, and they uh, take down Magneto. Cortez dives uh, straight down to save him and says, my mutant power will heal you. He douses Magneto and suddenly Magneto's powers are all big and red and he takes down the Sentinels and Cortez like, I I noticed in both these episodes there was a lot of fist pumping. Did you notice that? That when people were (laughs) were angry or expressing emotions, they pumped their fists in the air. Uh, And so Cortez says, you are rejuvenated, my lord. And he's basically like, now you can kill them. (laughs) And in Magneto's defense, he says, I came to rescue my people, not to avenge them. That's right. And, yeah. Yeah, Sonia. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> peace. He came there for peaceful purposes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael's not convinced. <laughs> anyway, they escape. Good news, everybody. Back on. Yeah, this yeah. pump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this pump. This um, We find out that the person Everyone's that doing came the Arsenio to DC is Cali. Yes, Byron Kelly. Yes. Now, is he a guy? Because, like, I mean, like, did we know who he was in the comics before? Because, like, everyone's like, Gambit's acting like he's old chums with 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 Byron. I'm like, who is who is this guy? Not in my memory. I don't. I think Byron Kelly might have been made up for the series. Oh, let's find out. I'm pretty. (laughs) I'll bet fifty cents. I'll give it to you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was just, I just love the way, yeah, it was just like, just comes in. It's like, Gambit, how you doing? Right? That was just yeah, like my favorite. Um, Cortez keeps re quote unquote healing Magneto, but Beast is like already on to them. He isn't healing Magneto so much as recharging them. And then in some real perceptive foreshadowing, Professor X says, I fear that Magneto may come to depend on it like a drug. Good job, guys. That's, that's another that's one of those. Up. Oh, they just yes, said that on a kid's show. Yep. 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 Uh, oh, yeah. And then super drama. Professor X and Amelia vote come face to face. I don't know. I oh, my God. That oh, issue my God. The comics. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I know. She says we have nothing to say to each other. Nothing. Oh. Oof. Put oh, him what down. a terrible breakup they had. They must have. They did. Oh. They oh. did. Actually, no. It did. I don't know if you, I remember that issue like super well. Um, I, I read it a bunch as a kid. And so it was just like, oh, man. Yeah. Like he really did her wrong. So we're going to we're going to get into that. Um, well, it was choices. I mean, we'll get into it. Yes. But it was yeah, choices. It, a little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. So Cortez, alone with Magneto, tells him that my followers and I pledge ourselves to your righteous cause. We shall be your loyal servants. Again, in Magneto's defense, he's like, I need hard work, not adulation. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, cut to dinner where a bare chested Magneto in white loungewear welcomes his guests. They pulled some like some costumes, like some moments directly from the comics and Magneto in like hairy chested, like ripped in that outfit is very much a comics image. 
So, so everybody's there, right? Astronauts are there. Acolytes are there. Peeper is there. X-Men are there. <laughs> and they make a toast to freedom. But uh-oh, here comes an attack. There are several armed satellites heading their way. Did you all notice that Magneto was instantly in costume? Oh, uh... No, no, no. there's just so much going on. There was a lot going on. I admit it was like one of those parties where just like everything's happening at once. So, uh, yeah, but like he, um, he didn't even pull a storm and like crackle energy all over himself. He was just, he suddenly went from like naked chest to full body armor. And I guess, (laughs) I guess he can do that now that Cortez is feeding him. Yeah. Energy or something. the, the, The metal from. The iron from his blood cells or something from his body. <laughs> it just made a suit, made his suit. That's what he did. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And Cortez immediately is like, counteract, punish them for their aggression, or make an example out of the astronauts. And uh, fortunately, Gambit's friend, Byron, uh, who really seems like a nice guy mixed up with the wrong people, uh, he uh, he's like, actually, it was self-defense. One of our missiles was launched prior to the attack. Uh, and then guy. He's fair. Yeah, I know. Good guy. Good guy. He's honest. Yeah. Yeah, which is unusual. Gambit doesn't usually have a lot of honest friends. What's going on there? <laughs> it's almost like he's a device in this episode. What he is, what he is, he's one of those, uh, you know, the old riddle. It's like, well, one of us always lies and one of us always tells the truth. Which mm. door should you go through? That's that's them. He's the oh. always tells the truth guy. Gambit's oh. the always lies guy. Mm. So mm. you have to ask Byron, what would Gambit tell me which door would gambit tell me to go through and that's how you know the yeah. answer to the riddle i lost i lost my thread real quick <laughs> but i knew as soon as you said it what you meant so i and i appreciate that you saw it through to the end uh so we uh we, uh magneto's uh, super mad he tells um his people reassure president kelly there will be no more aggression on our part so he like reiterates like we are committed to doing this peacefully beast and gambit take go take a walk and gambit states the obvious that professor x and dat lady got a history and uh we get some background right so what we learn her name is amelia vote professor x had just lost the use of his legs battling magneto which is not canon he lost his the use of his legs from battling the shadow king that's fine uh amelia was his nurse they fell in love he returned to america she came with him and they say that it was professor x's dream that drove them apart because she hated being a mutant and she wanted to live a life in private yeah and so she left but they are missing a big part in the comics so uh, this is all like true they like this is all true she did not want to do the x-men and she had decided to leave but the reason it was so bitter is that she was walking out the door and professor x grabbed her mind and tried to make her stay and he realized what he did and he let go and when she realized that he was capable of that it was like we're, we're like beyond done you know what that's fair yeah i know what I know. Wait, what charles xavier did was fair no hold no, on no, no. <laughs> uh-uh. See, that's why magneto's my guy morally you're charles. all over the place i don't go know where you're, you're coming from you. charles is not in charge of me no no thing. no 
Anyway, they have another little encounter, Amelia and the professor. She still does not want to see him. And she tells him, like, this is your fault. Like, without your efforts, um, you know, the state of mutants wouldn't be what it is today. And there would be no need for asteroid M. So she kind of just throws it in his face. And I can't blame her. You know what? Uh, Maybe Amelia... Amelia, I'm, Amelia said too. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like, I've always really liked Amelia. She like was kind of like a moral compass on the acolytes, who's like, I think Magneto's way is like the better way, but she wasn't like, I mean, Cortez is just a lunatic, so <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> hey, speaking of, uh, Magneto finds Cortez in his quarters, um, because he figures out that uh, Cortez has launched was the one who launched the warhead. That- I mean, who else would have I know. Well, like, we knew. We knew, but it took Magneto a hot second. (laughs) And Cortez retaliates. He strips Magneto of his powers. He tells him, you exhausted your power on Genosha, old man. I sustain you and I can destroy you. You don't have enough power to hold your own molecules together and you will fade away into nothing. Uh, And he locks Magneto away in some sort of weird capsule and says that you'll serve us much better being a martyr. So man, moving that plot along real quick, all the alarms go off. Fabian Cortez cries wolf. He calls for help and points at the arriving X-Men traitors. They have destroyed our beloved Magneto. And with I love it is, proof. I just, <laughs> yeah. it is the shakes. It's like the Shakespearean level of proof of like, we believe whoever spoke first. Is basically it. <laughs> you said it first. We believe you. We are. We have no agency in this story. <laughs> we yeah, are just as unhinged says, as you are. Yeah. Even Boat says, Charles, what have you done? Right? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I mean, so, it's, I feel like it's fair for her to say that. I feel hmm. like it's fair for her to say that because. Well, of- no, hold on. I've been through some bad breakups in my life. <laughs> I would never accuse any of them of being murderers, like straight out. I'd be like, oh, no, we didn't get along. We had a bad time going with each other. We were not meant for each other. But I don't think you're a killer. I don't think <laughs> I would immediately be like, murder. Yep, believe that. It's two totally different things. Well, she knows what he's capable of, so he might be capable of this. That's true. That's true. You look so smug, Sonia. Like, like, (laughs) (laughs) take that, Michael. I'm sorry. I just, sorry. Yes, I do have a very uh, smug look about me. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I describe you to Fred Sonia. What's Sonia like? She's hilarious. She's so smug. I'm very smug. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, To Be Continued. Were there any things you all didn't get to say? Any observations, thoughts, questions you have? Just, I just mean, how... it turned into a ghost. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> yeah. jump you, Mike. Go ahead. I mean, I was just going to comment on just how obvious Cortez is throughout the entire episode. Like, <laughs> I wonder who our bad guy is. I wonder if it's the guy who screeches every line. I wonder if it's him. <laughs> I'd also like to give a special shout out to the ni- uh, the 90s costumes of the Acolytes that all have headsets. Yes. Yep. Because that was cool. That was the way of the future. 
Anyway, yeah. So, and uh, closing up, Angie, no, we always give out some awards. Uh, mm. Who do you think is deserving of the Oscar? Who gave the most dramatic and emotional performance in this episode? See, I'm going to get go for like an anti-Oscar in the sense of Cortez, just because yeah. it wasn't good acting. That was some scenery <laughs> chewing with him through the whole show. So, like, like, I couldn't not watch him, but I'm not saying, like... It wasn't like, wow, that's Mandy Patankin level of commitment. <laughs> you know, this is just this was this is just cartoonish villain like 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 the like the worst dancer in a school play. You just go, Man, I cannot stop looking at you. <laughs> Especially in that costume. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. And so then who what character do you think is like MVP? Who who is the most valuable character this episode? Oof. I would say you know? Byron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I, I can get behind that. Yeah. yeah, just affable guy. Just our our own yeah. big dark lighter Byron Lolly there. Yeah, just uh, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And then we also usually have like a favorite line, but as Michael observed, they're like there weren't. I I guess maybe the digging potatoes line. From up top, or Boisjamoy, yeah. or uh, when when Gambit refers to Amelia Vote as that lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sonia, what do you think? You know what I do? I was gonna say potatoes, but then you know what? That lady. That lady. <laughs> that lady. <laughs> his, his New Orleans is really showing. Yes. Ah, oh, well, this has been Sanctuary Part 1. Please keep listening. Our next episode will be Sanctuary Part 2. And uh, as we close up shop, if you want to follow the podcast, you can do that on Facebook or on Instagram at gene-no with four O's. Uh, Michael, if folks want to get in touch or, or follow what you're doing, where where can they do that? As always, you can find us monthly uh, performing shows in the Hudson Valley in Ossining. Uh, go to blindtigerimprov.com to see our full schedule of classes and shows. Uh, if, you, if you want to see some live improv and learn how to do improv, that's, uh, that's what I do. That's what we do. So hope to see you there. Awesome. Thanks. And, and Sonia, if folks want to find or follow you, how can they do that? Well, uh, currently I am at the Magnet Theater at uh, Megawatt every Wednesday night uh, on my team Rebel Rebel, and we uh, play uh, different times, so you got to check the schedule. And I'm also on, I also play on Untitled, the Armory Improv team on Friday nights at 8 o'clock at the Tink Theater. And they're so good. Yeah. yeah. There's a team there. Yeah. Rock on. And I'm Sarah Music. You can find all my stuff at sarahmusic.com. Uh, but yeah, keep, keep on listening. We'll keep this story going. What is going to happen? Will Magneto survive? Will Gambit make it home to Rogue? There's only one way to find out. Gene! No! X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. 